What's going on, coaches? Happy New Year. We made it to 2021. Uh, hopefully you guys are finding some some football to watch. I know uh, tonight when I'm recording this, we're watching a bunch of NFL games on, ready for the playoffs, uh, using some FanDuel. Uh, and so uh, it's been a fun fun week off, uh, kind of getting the house all prepared and, and cleaning stuff out and taking a bunch of, of uh, trips to the uh, you know Howe Foundation and, and to the dump. So uh, we've had a busy week, ready to get back into football, get back into uh, spring semester. So uh, hopefully you guys are as well. If you need anything from us, just visit us at runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Legend Rings. As coaches, we all know the best way to represent our big win is with the championship ring. And the team at Legend Rings wants to help you celebrate your regional and state championship title this season. Their goal is to make your championship ring purchase simple, easy, and affordable from design to delivery. Check them out at legendrings.com or email info at legendrings.com to get started. Let them know that Run the Power sent you and they will make your ring for free. Again, go check them out at legendrings.com. This episode of the RTP podcast is brought to you by our guys over at Just Play. The team at Just Play hooked us up with their product, as you guys know, uh, and it's been a game changer for us. If you've seen us on Twitter or uh, have talked to us about this at all. We obviously especially love the playbook tools that allow us to create our favorite blocking schemes, as you guys know, power, counter, inside zone, pin and pull, uh, and formation, so we can save time and be more productive. That's the biggest part. Saves time on defenses, saves time on, on inputting offensive uh, formations, and then easy to draw the play out. Just Play is a limited time offer for RTP listeners only. Get my Just Play Pro for $120, which is an unbelievable $60 off the normal list price. Uh, this offer has been extended uh, and won't last forever. You can get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. Don't wait, go do it today. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program with a two-a-day speed and agility program. This template even comes with videos from some of the top SEC strength coaches that will show you how to run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP to get the off-season football training template and start your 14-day completely free trial at teambuilder.com. Again, enter code RTP at teambuilder.com, which is teambuilder.com. On this episode of RTP brought to you by Legend Rings, we talk with Travis Robinson. Coach Robinson is the head coach of the San Antonio Titans. Listen as we talk with Coach Robinson about empty and no back formations. You can follow Coach on Twitter at Coach T underscore Robinson. Hope you guys enjoy. started um so i'm from san antonio texas uh kind of started uh was born and raised in san antonio uh, i had a short stint from you know uh, my eighth grade year in my junior year in high school where i lived in Colorado springs colorado uh i grew up playing you know was playing youth ball since sixth grade just playing every year uh started to love the game i was a running back um 
know, my, my dad was like my personal trainer, so he put weight on me. So I, I, I got, a, got up to like 220. Um, high school coaches said, well, you're pretty big, so we're going to move you to fullback. Um, played in a, you know, an I formation pretty much everywhere I was, middle school, high school. So uh, that was, you know, definitely a different experience for me. But I, you know, I got to grow up and I learned that system. And um, so, you know, uh, after junior year, moved back to San Antonio, played a little ball here, you know, same position, same wise. Uh, graduated. Uh, from there, um, kind of was decided where I wanted to go, uh, kind of did a little announcing. And then after that, I started really getting into coaching, and that's when I started coaching. And then things from there took off. Last year, I got the great opportunity to coach at a D3 university here in San Antonio, Trinity University, so that was a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, I've just – I've gotten to learn a lot. I've Honestly, I've been really blessed to learn from coaches on Twitter, um, you know, just – coaching forms like anywhere coaches that have been generous to share stuff with me has really gained my knowledge and just the, the the things I've been able to find is just from other coaches and so I've always done my back to give back um a lot of coaches may know me as you know quote unquote the football nerd uh have that YouTube channel haven't uploaded in a while but that's uh, at least what some coaches may know me as um but I, I just try to connect with guys as much as possible because I know as you know, a young coach. And when I was a lot younger, it was just hard to find stuff. Um, and so I always try to give back and share with coaches because I just, I know how incredibly hard it can be uh, during these times to just, you know, find information. Well, that's, a, that's completely correct. And, and coach, you know, just knowing you, you know, obviously over Twitter um, and, and the, the big thing that always caught my eye is you got a couple of, of, empty things uh that that are in your in your twitter bio you know uh, mm. whatever it was five wide and and then um i think it was emptyology or, or something like that so yeah. that's kind of what i'm I, I was i'm interested in in talking to you and, and maybe picking your brain a little bit about that i know that's something that uh because of coach walls i've been looking into a lot more uh for 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 me as far as pass protections, you know, I'm looking yeah. at if we do go some from five wide or even, you know, four receivers, but we want to go um, five, five man protection or, um, you know, I know like Walls has been talking a lot about the, the chip protection that LSU uses and, and, you know, it's actually their five man protection, but they're going to chip off the edge. Mm -hmm. What is, uh, I'm assuming, you know, unless it's it's a big ruse on Twitter uh, that that you do enjoy empty some some five wide stuff. What is um, what's your thought process through some of that? What, what why do you like it? What are some things that that um, you know some of your favorite things to do out of that? Um, so I can give you a little background on that. Um, now, what's funny is, like I said, um, I I grew up in the I formation almost my whole life. I had like a, a short stint and some air raid, like pistol air raid stuff. But I was just a running back, fullback, and I cannot tell you to this day why empty is my favorite thing on earth, why I love throwing <laughs> the ball. I have no idea. I don't know where it came from. You, you would think that a guy who is, you know, you know, in an under center offense 90% of his life, it's, I think it's the most uh, funniest thing. Um, I kind of, you know, it kind of came out of nowhere when, you know, a lot of people might have heard of Kenton High School. Uh, they're in Ohio. Um, a lot of people also may know Zach Turner. So Kenton was probably one of the first teams to ever really do the whole five wide, the entire game kind of thing. They still do it to this day. Um, they're, you know, very well known as, you know, run and shoot at a five wide. 
And for whatever reason, I think, you know, just, you know, being the nerd I was when I was younger, I just kind of came upon them and started watching their full games on YouTube and started getting into it. You know, later down the road, I got to contact Zach when he was just the receiver coach there and then eventually the OC. And I got to talk to him and we started talking ball. And just the more and more I watched it, I started falling in love with just empty and the idea of it. Um, and then really what was fun to watch is a lot of people, you know, may have picked up on it. It may not. But the, the New England Patriots, to me, were just like they were so fun to watch just because if people hadn't noticed it, you know, you just go back and watch film or, you know, you know, watch replays because the New England Patriots would probably line up an empty probably 10 times a game which for an NFL team is unusual. I watch film on them all the time, and they're running empty 10 to 15 times a game. And it's so fun to watch the different things they do with it and the, the, the rap combinations with certain coverages. Like, I've just learned so much in just watching them and their system in particular, and it's just so fun to watch. Um, so I, you know, like you said, everything that's kind of in my bio, uh, that on Twitter and just, you know, I have really, you know, be, I guess become to known as just like an empty guy and that's just who I've become um you know if I'm being straight up honest with you you know I'm not an OC right now but if I had to lay down in front of me and I wanted to go five wide a whole game or just empty a whole game or like that be my whole offense I would I would definitely do it um but you know what I what I try to do my goal is is that like I love empty so much that I try to share with other coaches why they should do it and the biggest concern that gets thrown back at me is protection. And, you know, that's the first thing that gets thrown back to me. Like you said yourself is like, well, what about five-man protection? What about hots and things like that? You know, and I, it, I always throw back depending on, like, what their system is. Because, you know, you could be an 11-personnel team. You could be a 12-personnel team. It depends what package you're using for that protection. Because you could keep a tight end in if you wanted. If you want to go five-man all the time, you can do that, too. There's no issue with that. And – the funniest thing is, you know, whether you're half slide or you vertical set, it's, you know, the biggest thing is like if someone blitzes, you know, you, you can buy a little time with your line. You can teach them how to half slide. You can teach them, you know, how to pass off a man if they're vertical setting. You know, it, there, there's really simple ways to do it. But, you know, the biggest thing is I think where this is where coaches overthink is where, okay, you're sending five guys on a route, okay? So, you know, if on my two-man side and empty, you know, say like I, you know, whatever it is, a seam, dig, you know, smash concept, whatever it is. So that number two in that route, he's got a backer to him, okay? So let's just say, you know, we're putting the, the two-man side to the boundary, right? So what, what's neat, what like, I think coach is complicated is like, okay, on the smash concept, you got this hot and, you know, on dagger, the drive concept, you got this hot and blah, blah, blah just you really just got to keep the same every single time because I, I try to see coaches you know complicate this stuff and you know I was watching film the other day and it just it, it snapped and it made me realize it's like th this is just so much simpler you know for you know when you want to install something and empty for the hot and all that you really have to do is okay to the boundary let's just you know right-handed quarterback so you know that's your weak side blitz so they say you got a will blitzing well okay now my number two receiver sees that that's a number that's number six, you know, in the, you know, protection, num you know, numbering system. So, you know, that's number six. He's a six guy coming, you know, now the quarterback's in trouble. Well, don't make it complicated. All you got to do is tell your number two is like, okay, see that guy blitzing. Well, guess what? He's living, he's leaving grass behind him. So just take one step, 
you know, run a sloppy slant, I like to call it. It doesn't have to be a perfect slant. Just get behind and run into the grass and just so you can make an easy throw for your quarterback. Just go to the grass of the guy left, and you'll get five yards just like that, and you won't have to worry about protection. You won't have to worry about your quarterback getting hit because it's an easy throw. If it's incomplete, it's incomplete, but at least it was on target. So that, that to me is – I know protection gets thrown uh, at me a lot, at least when I talk to coaches about empty and they have questions for me about it. Um, that that's you know that's the answer I give them just because it's don't make it too complicated when you're thinking about hots and protections and things like that. Coach, you talk about uh, you know the New England Patriots running a ton of of empty. You know they they were one of my favorite ones to watch as well, and I, I loved how you know they they would kind of take it to a whole new level. You know most people see empty, it's you know ten personnel, maybe it's eleven personnel, and you and you put it back out there, right? Patriots did a phenomenal job, you know, going with heavier sets, 21, heck, even sometimes 22 personnel, you know, getting big personnel on the field. You're not going to have as many pass rushers on the field, especially if you're playing some of these teams, you know, that have big nose tackles, but, you know, forcing their linebackers and forcing their, their big guys to do things that they weren't good at and going empty and running a handful of plays. Yeah, it was – that, that's the thing I love watching about them is just because the way they use their personnel, the way they motion into empty. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing for, you know, for all these high school coaches to realize is that whatever offense you run, the greatest thing about empty is I think, and, you know, this is my opinion, but I, I, I stand strong on this. I think the greatest thing about empty is whatever offense you run, whatever personnel you're in, if you motion to it, if you just straight up come out in it, you immediately make the defense uncomfortable. You know, whether, you know, if now if you were to go, you know, five wide for an entire game, it's a little different, but you're still putting them out as a comfort zone. You know, so, I mean, if I'm going 11, 12 personnel the entire game, you know, just like, you know, like I said, the Patriots would do, and then the, they suddenly motion a back out, well, then now, you know, the defense, you know, usually has an, you know, empty coverage or an empty package that goes with that to go against your empty package. Well, it's now you're confusing me now, okay, does the corner bump, you know, do we make the linebacker go out there? Okay, well, if you mean the corner bumps, now we're leaving the linebacker on one of our top receivers. So it's, it's just one of those situations where it's like, you know, that's why I love watching Patriots because, I mean, especially, you know, they're, the most of the time when they're empty, you know, my favorite times were, you know, when they had Gronk. Now, of course, it's Rob Gronkowski, but at the same time, it's, you know, the way they used their tight end sets was, you know, phenomenal and the routes they used and the things they did. And empty was one of their favorite formations to go rubs. That was one of their favorite times to run rub concepts um, because, you know, you got five old guys out there and you can do anything you want. with. Um, but, you know, that, that's my favorite thing to watch on film, at least. I mean, mainly the Patriots, but just kind of almost any kind of empty film is like, how are they making the defense uncomfortable? Because an empty, you're going to make them uncomfortable, but how can you make them even more uncomfortable in a sense of your personnel, your motions, and then by using those two things, how can you create a mismatch that marries that concept, if that makes sense? Yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, talking about obviously a tight end, and then they, they were – still one of the best ones you know even back in the day with guys like you know Kevin Folk and then now I always forget the guy's name the the running back from uh from Wisconsin but you know using guys uh, Rex Burkett is another one Danny Woodhead <clears throat> using those guys as receivers just like you said mismatches on you know certain types of linebackers that teams were going to move out they want to play man you know cool we're going to motion the back out we're going to force one of your linebackers to cover him 
and he's a pretty good route runner. So I've always been kind of drawn to that as well, broke down a bunch of New England film just from that simple fact, like you said, if I have a good tight end, I can get matchups. If I have a good running back, which most teams do, you know, let's do some things to, to get him matchups and throw him the ball rather than just hand it to it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, for any of the, you know, the coaches that listen to this and they they're, maybe they're a wing key coach, maybe they run the ball 70% of the time, you know, you know, whatever it may be. What's fun about empty is that in any case, you know, you, you can put, you know, do some really fun things when you put that defense in an uncomfortable position. You'll say, you know, you say you're a wing to you guy. You know, you run buck, you run counter, you know, you're, you know, belly, trap, whatever it is. I mean, you know, you can stay in your same stuff, come out with like two wings, but it's an empty backfield and do all kinds of motion stuff, crisscross things. Like, you know, I, I've had all kinds of ideas as well. But when it comes, you know, if you're a running coach, there's still so many things you can do at an empty that just puts you in such a fun situation, you know. So, I mean, especially in the sense that to me, you know, what a lot of coaches have come to me um, are just, you know, if I've talked to coaches about certain offenses, like, you know, say a coach runs the flex bone or double wing or whatever it is, you know, they they love those control the clock offenses. But one of the biggest things, the problem is that, you know, any team I've seen do that, especially, you know, the academies you know, at the, uh, F, you know, the college level, the biggest, you know, problem they come across is like, well, if you get behind by two touchdowns, you know, in the second half, well, now, I mean, now you're in trouble because you're putting yourself in such an uncomfortable position, you know, that now you have to pass the ball or do things that you're just not familiar with. Um, and so that's why, you know, I think I, I, I always suggest these coaches is like have an empty package with at least maybe five concepts, even if like four of them are quicks and one of them's four verticals. Like you, you put yourself in the easy spot. It's easy to install. And it's just also it's fast, it's quick, and it puts the defense in an unfamiliar situation because you've been under center all game and now you're an empty. And now you're lining up trying to get back in the game. And then you can run that five times in a row and get back under flex phone. You know, it's a fun thing to mess with, I think, just going from empty to under center or something like that. So, I mean, anybody and everybody have been pitching this too. And I think just, you know, you can do a lot of things with it, you know, if you put your mind to it, even if, you know, it's unfamiliar to you. But, I mean, you're exactly right. And I think that was, um, you know, one of the reasons, at least it seemed like to me with, with you know, the air raid offenses, not that they were always empty, but the air raid <laughs> offenses, the whole, the whole point behind it was – you're never out of the game. I mean, the, with that, and then I think, you know, probably just just knowing coaches, knowing even where my mind goes sometimes, when you think uh, empty, you know, as an offensive line guy, or even, you know, we, we run the ball quite a bit. So I think probably the, the two questions that would I would assume come up the most are, like you said, what do you guys do about protections and, and hot routes? And then mm-hmm. kind of the other big one is, what do you guys – or what – what do you do when, when that's your offense and now you're inside the 10-yard line? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the biggest thing with me, like, in my, my passing system um, is that there's always a hot built-in. So, it's it, – I mean, you know, if I, if I have some kind of concept going and I'm in empty, you know, someone's running a hot. You know, not, not like a converted hot. Like, I mean, like someone's running a slant or a hitch or an out. Like, that guy is a designated hot. So that, that, I mean, that's personally how I do it. Um, you know, like I said, if it, that's not built into your passing game and you don't want that, well, then you can just simply teach a guy to just, you know, sit, sit in the grass or go behind the grass of 
a blitzing linebacker. Um, that to me is the biggest thing, you know, protection, you can only teach protection so well. I highly suggest that you, you know, you don't try to make a whole new protection just for empty. You know, you're going to have a fine man pass pro stick with your fine man pass pro. You just got to teach your guys and your quarterback just to get the ball out of his hands quick and just teach your receivers how to find grasp on blitzing backers, you know, and I think, you know, when it comes inside the 10 yard line, you know, I know a lot of coaches get, you know, get this way inside the air uh, for as far as air goes as well. What's fun about being inside the 10 is that the fact that it's, you know, the defense gets so much closer to you, you know, the defense tightens up, you know, a lot of teams, you know, they may play cover two or a lot of teams want to go cover one or inside the five, they may go cover zero. And that's honestly, it's so fun to play with. It really is. And that's honestly, that is where I've seen the Patriots when they do um, empty stuff. That's where they use, you know, the rub routes the most. And that's kind of fun to play with. Um, you know, as long as you teach it right, you know, the you know, refs won't call it. Um, you know, but besides that, you know, the grass that's behind them is the kind of the stuff you want to take care, you know, take advantage of. And that's where your, you know, your man routes and stuff like that can come in handy. A lot of the stuff that I teach passing wise, um, a lot of coaches, you know, they, um, when they ask me about like my passing philosophy is, okay, do you teach things based off of like a concept to the, like have a concept to the man side and have another concept that, you know, you would run towards zone. It's like, no, I mean, I don't pair two different concepts off man zone because all my, all my routes basically have, you know, a man or zone uh, beater in it. And what I mean by that is like, okay, say guys running like, uh, like a regular snag route, you know, um, the number one receiver to the boundary or something. No, three up, three across. He's going to sit down if it's zone and keep going if it's man, you know, something like that. You know, so my point being is, you know, inside the 10, that's the kind of the perfect situation in that area where they decide, you know, to play cover two and pass them off. Well, he'll sit down and we'll throw it in there, get easy yards or score. Or, you know, they decide to play man. He'll keep going and usually like a corner out over the top will be wide open because, you know, the corner followed that number one receiver and, you know, we ran a really good corner route against, you know, a male linebacker. So there's just a lot of good things you can do with that. As long as you teach it right and you don't overthink it, I think, you know, you can simplify things and it, it makes it really easy. Coach, do you have a, you know, a screen package that you kind of go to out of empty? Uh, and then, you know, what else you kind of do, you know, maybe to, to run your quarterback a little bit as well. I know some teams have really good empty packages to, to run the QB. Um, so one of my favorite screens, it probably became my favorite screen ever is I got this from watching kitten and, you know, uh, I got it from Zach Turner who taught me the finer details of it, uh, is the, it's a, you know, the middle screen. So, you know, what I mean by that is usually, you know, I prefer it at least out of empty, um, probably it would be run by the number two to the field side. Um, you usually, you know, if you would run it with a number one to the field side, it just takes too long to get there. So the number two is kind of just like the perfect route. It's got the perfect angle. Um, and what he does is takes about, you know, two or three steps upfield, and then he comes back up about, you know, right, right behind the line of scrimmage. So, you know, call that little banana tunnel route. And then your center and then your guards, they're going to take about like a three-second count, take a jab step back, make widen their guys out try to let them through, but not necessarily up the middle to kill the quarterback, just widen them out. And then they'll go up the field and they'll get the first three backers. They see the guards will get the first two outside guys. And the center's usually getting the guy that he ID as the mic. Um, and that that's honestly my favorite thing to do because once they get up field, they're about five, six yards downfield, or maybe even uh, wider if those backers drop, 
uh, uh, further back. And then that number two receiver can just get right underneath them. So the tunnel screen has honestly become one of my favorite screens. Um, it's just, it's, it's just, you know, especially if you're like a five wide guy, it becomes just initially like your, your, your run game. Um, screens are kind of the, like at least bubble screens, now screens, that stuff is just the outside portion of my, like that's kind of my out, out, outside extended run game. Uh, if you have a running quarterback, you can do some really fun things with it. Um, you know, I, you know, of course, you know, the, the, e the easy answer is, you know, quarterback draws and things like that. Um, but honestly, you know, I, I always, my philosophy is, and I, I told this to coaches, even area coaches, I told it to anyone is that you always carry a gap scheme. So whether that's dark, or one back power or something like that. You always carry a gap scheme. And the reason I do that, it, it's for a very, very small reason, but I feel like it's an important reason. So, I mean, whether, you know, if, even if I'm a five wide guy and I'm running just, you know, and I have quarterback power, quarterback dart in or something like that. And of course, attaching some kind of outside, you know, RPO, pre-snap RPO. I'm not a huge post-snap RPO guy. Um, the thing that is big with me is always having a gap, gap scheme is my scout de my scout defense okay or not my scout defense my main defense needs to see gap schemes because you know we would obviously play teams that play gap schemes and so when I'm my scout offense is running you know uh, needs to run some kind of gap scheme say the team we're playing is a huge 21 personnel power scheme team you know which I'm sure you're familiar with um, so I mean if they you know got a pulling guard or something like that you know if we already pull guards and pull tackles, you know, on a normal basis, or at least that's one of our schemes, it may not be our base scheme, but it's one of our schemes, then, you know, our scout offense can at least do that. It may not look, you know, perfect like they do it, but at least they're used to pulling a guard or tackle, and our, you know, our main defense can see that. So, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a real small reason, but that's why I always believe in carrying gap schemes because I want my defense to be able to – or I want my scout offense to be able to run a gap scheme perfectly you know, just so my defense can uh, see it. And it's a real small reason, but I believe in the small details. Um, and, you know, not just for that reason, but also, you know, I, I love gap schemes as an, as an offense guy anyways. Coach, when you call, like, empty formations, do you have a, a separate name for each one? Um, or is it something where, you know, you're calling maybe one of your trips, so, like, you have a bunch of different three-by-one formations and then you're telling the, the running back – or, you know, the extra receiver where to line up? Do you kind of have a preference in, in naming your different empty formations, or you just kind of go with one or two? Um, so if I'm, you know, pr primarily like five wide, um, usually it, it's a basic five wide set. So, you know, most of the time, you know, you would call trips to the field. Um, sometimes you want, you know, the uh, trips to the boundary, and I'd have a specific call for that. But usually that's not the case. Um, you know, on certain passing concepts, guys know how to, you know, wind their splits down, um, you know, but my guy, you know, the way I teach it, the way at least I want to teach it is that it's not, you know, my guys are not going to make their splits super wide. You know, if you're, you know, on a normal high school field, I mean, um, the high school hashes in Texas are college hashes. So, I mean, like the number one receiver to the field, he may have his split, you know, plus two of the hash. You know, and I mean, it's not very wide, but we don't need them very wide um, because it's easier throws on a, a, a not so not so strong quarter armed quarterback, um, and it also lets us do a lot more different things as far as concept wise. Um, and you know, I don't 
I wouldn't call different formations based off, you know, they widen their split down because of a route or vice versa or things like that. Um, if I want some kind of special formation, I may stack someone, I may call quads, I may motion someone, but I, you know, I don't do a ton of it. Um, you know, what, when I was uh, a co-OC, the thing that, you know, um, you know, when we weren't basing out of empty, but we were a big air raid team, we would, you know, motion a back out. And usually my favorite thing to do uh, was motion a back out past the number one receiver. Um, and you see a lot of NFL teams do that, but it's my favorite thing to do just because of the corner situation of does he bump out or does the linebacker go with that running back? And usually if you're playing a zone team, I usually won't do that against man. I mean, it's okay to do against man, but, you know, it's, it's more fun to do against zone just because it's, it's fun to see if that cornerback is going to bump out with that running back or if that linebacker is going to stay in there because then that's where you can really mess with him because say you got trips to the field and then you only got a number one receiver. Say he, you know, condense his split down. Now you motion that uh, running back out to the, the single receiver side, motion him past him outside the numbers, see what the defense does. You know, if you do that early in the game, it'll let you know, you know, how they're going to defend that and the different things you can do that uh, with that out of empty. So that was one of my favorite things to do when, you know, um, we weren't basing out of empty at the time. You know, if that answers your question. Yes, absolutely. I know there's been a few guys, you know, that have, you know, maybe you line up in a bunch set and then, you know, you have, you have tight alignment. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you considered that kind of your empty package. I know we, in the past, you know, we, we just call any of our three by ones and then we tell the, the running back where to go. You know, if we put him, with an S word strong, we could make it quads. If we put it with yeah. a w, w word weak, we could make it, you know, you know, three by two. But tomato, tomato, man, there's a million ways to do it. Yep, yep. Um, sometimes I would, um, I will condense, like, condense the splits really tight with the receivers. It depends on the concepts. Don't do a ton of it, but I do love condensants, condensed sets. Um, but, you know, I think I want to do more of it just, uh, just by watching last year LSU. Some of the stuff they were doing was really fun to watch, and I kind of want to do more of it now. I mean, just I have I, I've cut up almost all of LSU's empty cut ups, and you know half of it it was in you know condensed sets. So I've been really studying that stuff, and I really want to do more of it. Um, I haven't done a ton of it, but I, I honestly I, I want to get more into that, uh, just because of the angles it creates. And I believe if you have a condensed set, um, I think it really forces the defense into zone coverage. They're not going to play you band like that if they do they're in trouble so I think it's um it can be really fun to do it and I you know if I were to be an empty for an entire game I would probably at least do that 10 times a game well that's interesting that you say that it's exactly right I you know Walls has done a lot better job of, of watching all the LSU stuff compared mm -hmm. to me I just kind of get his scraps but I, I remember watching in the in the you know national championship game I think it was you know LSU started getting into some of their condensed sets and and it was kind of interesting that that with, you know, I, I guess the blitz package that, that they could use against that condensed set, it was almost like it, uh, you know, all year it worked really well for them. But then in the national championship, you know, they were kind of getting heated up because it's, it's hard to tell, you know, when you do go true empty and everyone's out of the box, it, it's really easy to see who they could possibly bring, you know. And, and, and now when you bring all those guys in and in these bunch sets, um, for, you know, some possibly better, you know, uh, routes. Now it's, it's like they can – not confused, but they made it really, really difficult on their offensive line. And, and I think you saw in the national championship them 
kind of go away from that and, and get a little bit more spread out so they could it, – it was a little bit more obvious against, you know, that Venables defense. Yeah, and that's – see, that, and I want to do that more so routes-wise, but that the condensed stats is why I've never gone to it much, especially being kind of like a, an empty five-wide guy. Is because, like I said, like at the beginning of this, you know, I have it taught in. I have the philosophy of that. You know, those guys just know – how to run a hot right away behind a backer, like a one-step sloppy slant, and we have the answer. Um, you know, but with a condensed set, you can't really do that. Um, it helps, you know, a condensed set because you can move a guy in and then, you know, he's right, he's maybe two yards from the tackle, so he can help with the chip protection or something like that. So it helps, you know, a little bit if you want to, you know, do some extra protection stuff. But I just like it more so for – it forces them to zone – but I would only do that in the sense of, you know, I, I'm bringing in a guy and maybe he's chipping and running a flat or chipping and, you know, run, you know, run some, run some kind of angle route. Um, I would only do that. Or I would run a condensed set knowing that, you know, they haven't really been blitzing me in an NPL game. I'm okay to go to this and they're, you know, I want to force them into some zone, something like that. But, you know, if it's going to be one of those situations where it's putting me in a bad situation where it's going against our whole philosophy of, you know, how we teach hots, then it's not something that I, I would even consider. It de- it would depend on the opponent we're playing that week and how they're going to defend it. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of those, you know, hit or miss deals. But I honestly think it's good to have at least, if you run empty, I think it's good to have in your package. It's just, you know, one of those deals where you have to know who you're playing. Yeah, that's exactly right. That, that's uh, And I didn't mean to say, like, you know, that those were – you know, I wasn't trying to one up or anything like that. I was just no, yeah, it was, it was, it's it's really really interesting, you know, and and it's fun to watch those teams go from you know, okay, let's try this out, and and okay, but but now they've got a, a great defense for it. Now let's spread them out. Now let's go to that that double wing, double chip that they do, and and you know, kind of open everything up and be able to see it. it it's it's uh, really cool to get to um, to have that that chess match and be able to see it, especially, you know, when they do put, I would think as a, as a quarterback, you know, and, and I didn't play quarterback. So what do I know? But I yeah. would think being able to empty it out, I think it gives you a little bit better of a picture. You know, I, I yeah. just, I don't know why. I don't know if that's actually true or not. I've just kind of always thought that that would give you a little bit better of a picture of who might come open and, and some of the things that you could do. Yeah. I mean, it's, I I just I, I've always been just because I, I have an aggressive mindset when it comes to you know play calling and you know going up tempo and being empty and stuff like that. I you know I I've always loved having five wide. You know protection has really been an issue because as long as you teach hots right, you know they're they're putting themselves in a, a worse position. And um, but you know when it comes to you know different sets and stuff like that, you know I've I've toyed with you know, going to double wing guys and, you know, using double chips and things like that. I've toyed with condensed sets. Like I, I've toyed with it all um, just because, it, you know, even if you're, you're doing that twice, three times a game, it can really mess with the defense. My mm-hmm. favorite thing, my favorite thing to do is, you know, we were talking about inside the 10 earlier, you know, going to like such an unconventional set, you know, at, at least out of empty, it, it can completely throw a team off. You can do your regular stuff. But it's also like it's so fun to do some unconventional stuff like going to quads and running a sprint out or, you know, going to double double wing chip stuff or, you know, <laughs> doing a condensed set. It's I mean, inside the 10 is my favorite time 
um, to do some kind of unconventional set. You know, I, ha I love having like a, a single wing or, you know, like some kind of power eye uh, short yardage package, you know, going to that stuff, even if it's first and goal. Like it's, it's honestly inside the tent is my favorite time to mess with the DC, you know, because it's like you can basically do anything you want. Even if you're standing in your base set, that's when you pull that little, that little, you know, trick, you know, in your back pocket and you say, okay, we're going to do it here. You know, that, I think that's the best time to do it. Well, that's Hello. what it brings me back to. We were in a, a camp in Arkansas and it was like our spring camp. So, I mean, we'd only put in our very bare minimum offense and defense mm -hmm. and we're in camp and playing against Pulaski Academy at Arkansas and they're in yeah. quad, quads empty and they bring a guy in motion and they do like a triple or like a, a speed option with the guy in motion and then the guy in motion catches it and throws a pass. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. And that was like, uh, you know, one of their day one plays, I guess. I mean, they had it in by spring ball. Yeah. I, man, I, I freaking love Kevin Kelly, man. Um, he, he's, he's such a fun guy to, you know, to, to study, to talk to. Um, I've sat in like almost all his clinics. He's a fun guy. Uh, he's really, you know, the way he's gone to, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's like 60, 70% empty now. Um, you know, I, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the philosophies, you know, I've, I've done, I have learned from him. Um, it, it's just, he's a fun guy to study. Um, he, you know, he has convinced me in a lot of ways. I, I have such an aggressive mindset like him. Um, and some of the, you know, different wrinkles and stuff has been from him and a lot of you know my quads game I've learned stuff from him uh so you know he, he's a he's a he's a real interesting guy you know I love what they're doing uh he he's phenomenal there's no doubt about it he's mm. I I want to do a lot more of the stuff that he does up here and I, I know that it'd probably turn Iowa on its head though um <laughs> you know you talk also about you know with, with the compressed sets I know you know coach Harper and I when we coached together at, at VA, those were some, some special packages we had by, you know, compressing it and moving guys in tighter. You know, now you can fake some of the jet sweeps and still run, you know, buck sweep and little flips and things like that. I mean, it, it just adds to you. I, mean, I know you'd said before, you know, if you're a wing T team, still having a, a compressed or tight empty package and still doing all of those same different things you do. And then, like you said, if it, you're a single wing guy, you got a running QB, you know, faking, faking pin pull one way and, and running it. I mean, just the misdirection and things you can mm -hmm. do off of it. It doesn't necessarily have to be. We're, we're Baylor. We're going to spread it out as wide as we can, you know, towards the sideline. I mean, the empty package to me is, is whatever you want to make it. And I think having that flexibility and having it built into an offense, it's a lot of fun for the kids too. Yeah. Um, you know, got – Got to shout out one guy real quick. Um, one guy that I've, I've definitely talked to and learned some stuff from is, um, you know, if anyone's ever heard of Matt Perkins, he's a coach out in Missouri. He's a wing T guy, but they base out of empty. And it's really, you know, a lot of the stuff they do and they use an H-back and stuff like that. But, you know, if anyone, you know, wants to go check that out or they've been considering an offense like that, definitely go talk to Matt Perkins, find him on Twitter. Um, but, you know, I, I just – I think, you know, a lot of coaches, you know, they think about empty – and if, you know, you're a wing T guy or, you know, double wing, whatever you are, you know, you, the first thing you think of is, you know, you think empty and you're like, oh, that, you know, means we got to pass the ball. You know, I mean, that's the first thing that comes to your mind, um, you know, but I, I think it's, it's fun what you can do with it, especially, you know, say you're a wing T, you may be a gun wing T guy, but I mean, you can keep that package, you know, say you have a gun wing T package, you know, say you got two wings, you can, you know, maybe have an H back in front of the quarterback, however you want to do it. You know, I mean, your normal running back, you know, 
put him out as, as a receiver or something and have havoc with it. You can motion him in. You could run some kind of screen to him. You know, you can um, basically run quarterback counter one way and then, you know, a couple plays later run quarterback counter and then run, you know, what they uh, call crisscross counter with the wing hesitating and coming back and getting a handoff in front of them and doing counter that way. So, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. It's, it's a lot of fun. I know there's a lot of coaches, you know, who do hybrid wing T. I was talking to Blair Hubbard the other day, who's, you know, um, faster than a fly. Uh, he, he loves doing some empty stuff with a uh, jet and rocket, you know, so it's, there's honestly, there, there's a lot of fun stuff you can do. I think rocket out of the empty is so deadly if you put the numbers correctly. I mean, it is deadly because you're putting so many bodies up front and then the rocket is just so quick. That's one of the things I've considered installing. Um, but considering I'm always five wide, it you know, wouldn't work very well. But, you know, if you have tight ends and H-backs, man, run rocket out of empty. You will never be sorry for installing that. That was always Coach uh, Coach Trimble at Jenks. Like every week, he's like, because we always had two tight ends, so we, we would run a lot of 12. Mm -hmm. He's like, you guys got to put 12 personnel empty in, you know. And, and, again, I've always probably said it a few times on podcasts, but, I mean, you know, eight gaps in the run game, you have a quarterback that can run, and then you mm -hmm. guys, you're, you're obviously empty with five vertical threats. You know, it just gives defensive coordinators at least something that they have to think about. And, again, it doesn't have to be a, a huge, huge package, but you know, almost kind of a check with me type deal. How are they going to play it? Let's let's run the thing over here or let's throw it. And I always thought that was to me like one of the, the coolest ones. There's actually a few teams we would see every now and again. They'd go ace empty and, and Coach Trimble would have to stay up nights. I'm like, Coach Trimble, it's not going to matter. We're going to score. We're going to score six. <laughs> we're going to score 60 against them. We're not too worried about the ace empty. But it, it was always fun to listen to him talk about it. And it's always kind of been something like anytime I got 12 personnel and a QB that can run, I have a package to be able to pull it out at times. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it, it can be hard for me to admit, but I mean, I'm a big, you know, I, I, I kind of love going five wide as quick as possible. You know I mean? I love that. But I mean, I think if I had to admit, it, I think if any DC had to admit it, I think, you know, empty with, you know, two tight ends or maybe even one tight end is just, it is hell on earth to, you know, defend. I mean, definitely with a running quarterback, uh, it is hard. I mean, I can only imagine the amount of things, you know, I could draw up right now with if I had an H-back and I had a tight end and then just the stuff out of empty I could come up with. Like, my Lord, like the, the possibilities are endless. And I can imagine that it's just – it's hard to defend, especially if you got, you know, five – vertical threats like that you know you can do so many things with you know a, a fly sweep or you know quarterback power counter you know I mean I think you know one of my favorite um short yards package plays I ever saw was the Tebow jump pass you know so I mean doing some kind of empty power jump pass kind of thing like I mean you can come up with almost anything you want but you know I I mean I'm I love five wide and I love empty but I think probably the hardest thing to defend as far as, you know, just empty goes in general is if you have a good tight end, if you have good two tight ends, if you got a good H-back, man, use the heck out of that stuff. And I'm talking about probably 15 times a game you need to be doing that because it just put – like I, at the beginning of this, I talked about why I believe in empty and why it puts the defense in such an uncomfortable position. Man, you talk about putting the defense in even more an uncomfortable position, they will not know how to handle that. And it's just it, – it's incredible thing about the possibilities. And I, I can only imagine the amount of DCs that could probably agree with me on that one. 
I'd add another one we tried too at a couple of places. You know, again, you know, we had 12 personnel going, you know, slot with the, the two tight end wing mm-hmm. and then being able, being able to put the running back either side. So either creating, you know, like nub trips to the field or else, you know, sending the running back to the wing side. And then again, you know, if you're a gap team running strong side power, running weak side counter, you know, now, now you, you same thing doing the action up front and throwing RPOs behind it. And, and having you again five vertical threats whatever your best pass concept is again you know taking some of those formations that give you know d coordinators problems and making it even a little bit more difficult because i'm adding a threat in the pass game and then i also have that quarterback who can hurt you with his legs and evening out the numbers yeah I, if i if i had to make one suggestion to coaches whatever offense they run you know it, it my my suggestion would be that you know, especially if you got a good tight end or, you know, you got an extra guy you can put there at a wing position or something like that. You know, you motion your running back out, whether it's to, you know, you know, you make it a twin set or you make it a trip set. I think the best thing to do as like at least a base play out of empty is have some kind of gap scheme. You know, you might be able to do this inside zone as well. Um, you know, you could go, you know, power counter, you know, have some fun with that, you know, with your quarterback and then attach some kind of simple screen to the trip side. You know, have your running back run a bubble, you know, or do something or like do all hitches and just read the apex defender. You know, you can do some fun stuff. You know, I, I'm not, you know, I wouldn't necessarily put a slant on top of that and bring a backer into, you know, the run. But, you know, you can do some fun stuff with it. You know, I mean, that, that's just my philosophy. But, you know, as far as you have some kind of outside, you know, RPO, you know, that you can attach to that, that doesn't take a quarterback too long. He can take the snap, take one step back. You know, he's going to decide if he's going to throw it or run it. And whichever he decides, you know, you can't be mad at him. You know, so it's – to me, I think that's just a base thing that I – you know, if I had to give, you know, a suggestion to coaches as just a base plate install out of empty, do that, man. Because if you got a a running quarterback, that can be just so much fun to just draw up and be fun to, you know, do different sets because you can pretty much do it every – different set or different motion every week with a different team and still run that base concept. Coach, I think one of the, the things that I've always kind of heard is is the trouble with – not trouble. One of the difficulties with empty can be that you may, you know, be the only team that runs empty. You know, similar mm-hmm. to the – I'm sure the wing T teams, the, the power I teams that if – you know, uh, there's plenty of teams out there running 11 and 20 personnel. And so when you watch it, you know, the three teams before you, you're getting thousands of clips of, of – you know, 11, even 10, and, and 20 personnel. But mm-hmm. you're probably not getting just a, a ton of empty on film. And so when you go into each week, you know, you're not just real positive what they're going to give you an empty. And, and I'm sure that it's, it takes away because there's only so many things they can do against empty because they've only got so many players. But I'm assuming that is one of the difficulties with being able to run empty, how do you prepare your guys? How do you prepare um, as a as a call, you know, calling those plays, having a general idea, but really not having a a solid idea of how they're going to line up to empty. So the biggest thing I've found is that I mean, you're right. You know, if you're going to be a five wide guy, if you're going to run empty empty ninety percent of you know the game, you know, then you know, the biggest thing that you're going to find is that, like, okay, from the weeks before, you know, you may find a team that's in spread, you know, because, I mean, almost everyone is spread these days, and they may run empty every now and then, and that can give you an idea, 
but that's still not going to give you a real generic idea because, you know, that team before could be in spread 10-11 personnel the whole game, run empty three times a game. I was like, okay, how'd they defend empty? Well, you know, they brought pressure every time. Well, okay, well, that's because they're only in empty three times a game. You know, there's a huge difference. So I don't ever depend on, you know, the film that I see. I can see what their base coverage is because I know for a fact that if I see a team, you know, playing cover three, or maybe they, they like split field coverages and they run cover six or something. And I see that that's their base coverage. You know, if I'm seeing them run that 20 times against 10 personnel, well, I'm thinking, well, hmm, what's, what are the odds that they're going to do that empty two? They'll just add some kind of extra twist to that and find two extra guys dropping coverage. Because most of those things that I've found and other five odd guys have found is the fact that most teams are going to probably drop seven, eight guys into coverage. Some people are crazy and drop nine. You know, I mean, legit, I've seen coaches only line up with, you know, two, three, you know, defensive guy, defensive line guys and rush two or three, you know, to your quarterback just because they don't see the point in bringing pressure anymore. They may be bringing pressure every now and then, but, at you know, at some point, you know, that's what coaches will base in. So, you know, when we see that all the time, you know, and all five, like I've talked to many five like coaches and they've all said the same thing. When you see that all the time, you prepare for it like you're going to see that. You prepare for it like they're going to drop eight. Now, they may do different coverages, but that's why you watch film because you're going to see, okay, well, what's their base coverage? Because you're not going to get a high school defense coordinator who's going to run three, three, four different coverages. If they do, they're putting too much on their kids. Just like as an offensive guy, if I try to run 30 concepts, I'm putting too much on my kids. So exactly. you know, you're, you're, you're going to get a base coverage. So, you know, if they're, if they're cover three and maybe they'll change it up and they'll do some robber stuff, you know, and roll their safeties, then we expect that it gets empty as well. They're just going to add, you know, maybe an extra linebacker in there or an extra DB. Maybe they took their six, you know, they went deep into their depth chart and took one of their, you know, JV DBs and now they're putting them out there. You know, you, you don't know what they're going to do, you know, but you do have a base idea because, you know, one, they're probably going to drop almost anyone they can on you. And then two, you have a good idea of what their base coverage is. So you expect that. And I think the third component that wraps it all up is the fact that if you're going to be an empty, if you're going to be in five wide, you, you can't go more, you can't have more concepts than you can fit on both of your hands. So I always try to keep it below 10 concepts, whether, you know, that's quicks, drops, whatever, you know, that doesn't include like screens or runs because I mean, I only have like maybe three or four of those. But, you know, if you're talking passing game-wise, you don't go more than what you can fit on your hands because, number one, it keeps it simple for your kids. But, number two, you know, in every single week, those concepts can probably 99% of the time, they can usually be the sort of coverage if you run it right, if your kids run it right, if you teach the details, or if you make a little tweak or add a tag based off of what they're running. As long as you can, you know, use a variation – you know, to run that concept against, you know, maybe they're doing this different or blah, blah, blah. You know, they're going to have it simple too. So, you know, they may just have better kids, but don't think that you have to have a million concepts to beat a million coverages. I believe as a coach, you're not going to ever perfectly know before you call a play what they're doing. We're not fortune tellers. So you keep it simple. You have the base bread and butter idea of what they're going to do. And then, you know, from there, you just watch film and know what little tweaks you need to do. You don't add a new concept. You know, you might or do you, I might do that once or twice a year, mate. I'm not gonna add concepts. I'm gonna add tweaks, I'm gonna add tags, and I'm gonna teach the finer details of what we can do to beat the team that week. 
I think that's a great point, whether you're, you know, whether you're empty or you're, you know, like I said, wing T, I, I think mm-hmm. it is extremely important that, that you've got your concepts, you've got little tweaks or tags off of them, but your kids still know the plays. Uh, and so, so coach, my, my other kind of question, and this may be a really stupid one because it's, it's coming from an offensive line mindset, but mm-hmm. it, it seems like empty, you know, the majority time, I'm thinking, you know, three by two, empty. And so mm-hmm. you've got three mans, you know, you know, three-man side routes that you're used to, even in 10 personnel. And you've got, you know, the, the two receivers to one side routes that, you know, guys are basically used to from, from any other sets. Once you go to quads, does that change everything for the quarterback? I mean, at that point, you're, you're not used to your whole rest of your off. I mean, it's something I would think completely different. Very rarely are you going to get, you know, four guys, four threats out on one side. Does that change I mean, like every other offense I think of kind of based off of, is there two receiver, you know, or sorry, two safeties high, is there one safety high? Well, does all that still carry over when you're talking quads? Does everything kind of change or or is it still, you know, fairly the same as, as, you know, a three receiver side? Mm -hmm. So whenever, you know, whenever I I decide, you know, to install quads, because I freaking love quads, you know, I think quads gives you kind of so many advantages. You know, it's not something I would base out of. It's a it's a package I love to have, something I love to motion to, something, you know, I'll just straight up line line up in. Quads is one of my favorite things to run screens out of. You know, I won't, you know, I wouldn't do a ton of passing out of it, you know, but you know, the handful of concepts that I do like out of quads, I will teach them the same way like I would do it to the two-man side, because everything I run to the two-man side, I can run to the three-man side. So I'm not going to line up in quads and be like, okay, well, we're going to run our slant bubble completely different out of quads. It's like, no, just find another way to fit another route in there that can still get spacing and still take advantage of the defense. So that, 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 you know, is what I can do out of quads. But, you know, I think probably my favorite reason to run quads is, you know, you can run a passing concept out of quads, but it's like if you have a really special kid, if you have that just that, that one receiver that you know can beat almost any DB, or you have a big mismatch that week, you know, maybe, I mean, you know, maybe, you know, he's not Calvin Johnson or Larry Fitzgerald, but, you know, he, he's a great, you know, receiver, and he can take advantage of a mismatch that you have that week. Then quads is great because you create a great one-on-one matchup. And whether you just want to go to a simple slant or you, you want to try to get him on a go, I mean, you can do all kinds of things because you guarantee almost a one-on-one matchup. So if you, especially if you're seeing a one-high team that week or maybe – you know, you're seeing kind of some kind of team that's in too high, and then when they see quads or emotion quads, they roll down the one high, and then that's when you take advantage of it. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where you watch film. But to answer your question, you know, I when I teach quads, I'm never running a new concept. You know, I mean, I one of the only times I run like like sprint out is out of you know quads, but you know that I I don't do much of that. It's just really a goal line thing or a red zone thing. Um, you know, so like I said, you know, the example I give, so if I'm running like my slant bubble concept to the three man side, it would be bubble by number three, slant by number two, and then I would run some kind of post by number one. Well, if you're going into quads, you can add like a neat little wrinkle to that, you know, motion your guy out there. Maybe now he's number two in the quad set. Well, now you just put him on a wheel route. So now you got post wheel with a slant bubble inside. You're not probably, you may not throw the wheel of the post. But, you know, depending on that week, you're telling your quarterback, okay, we're watching this because, you know, they, for whatever reason, they love cover two. And, you know, 
they may bite on the Louisville real hard. Well, now you got the post and will conflict in that safety, and one of them is bound to be open. You know, so it's it's just one of those deals where it's like, you know, you can add just a small little wrinkle to it while keeping your same base concept, but you're doing it in some way to take advantage of the defense. Most of the time, you know, if you're playing a hard cover three team, you're probably never going to throw the post or the will, but, you know, it's nice to add some fancy winter dressing on it because by doing that, you're probably opening up the slant or the bubble, if that, uh, if that makes sense. Yes, yes, it does. Uh, um, it does completely make sense. And, and like I said, I was, I didn't, I was hoping it wasn't too dumb of a question coming from an offensive no, line no, guy, yeah. but, but yeah, it does. So, well, well, coach, it, it kind of rolling up now on an hour. Um, and and but before we let you go, kind of the thing I always like to ask guys is, when you're watching another team's offensive line, what's some mm-hmm. things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Um, you know, I mean that. That's a good question, and it's funny that you say that because, you know, I was watching one of my favorite empty teams to watch is 2016 Texas Tech. You know, I, I know that, you know, they had Patrick Mahomes, but watching Kingsbury stuff is really fun to watch. But I found myself when they were empty, I found myself watching their offensive line a lot because they vertical, they vertical set a lot. And it was fun to see how their offensive line would kind of, you know, sometimes stack behind each other if they saw a blitzing linebacker, you know, make a yard cushion. Sometimes if they bucket stepped really well. I mean, I was re-watching a play 10, 15 times the other day just because of, like, looking how well the team was vertical setting. And I was like, I want to teach it that way. You know, and it's, you know, when I'm just watching film or, you know, whatever film I'm watching, you know, I'm just – I find myself – because, yeah, I'm a big passing guy, but whenever I cut to that end zone film, I'm just – man, I'm watching their feet. And I just – I love watching O-line's feet just because of how well they can move, how well their offensive line teaches them, to, you know, the bucket step or, you know, move back use their hands, I, but the, the, the feet is like some of the most important things because I think an old lineman's feet is just so underrated, and some of them can just have such quick feet, man, but some of that is just in the finer details of teaching how well, you know, you can bucket step or, you know, get a foot back, and the slightest six-inch step can make a difference on, oh, man, he didn't blow that protection. You know, I, I, honestly, that's, that's the funnest thing to watch for me. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it will allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon. <laughs>